Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode six, where in this episode, I will be talking about organization. I like to think of myself as a very organized person. But that being said, there are many times when you could walk in my room and see that my desk is a hot mess or my table is a hot mess or I've got papers everywhere. Um, So organization is something that I'm very good at getting started, having good routines. That is just how my brain works. But there are definitely moments when it looks like a bomb went off in my room. So today I want to talk about a few things that you might need to be considering when you're thinking about organization for your classroom this school year. And so the very first thing, I feel like I've talked about this all summer long, okay? I think organization and a well-planned kind of system starts with a calendar. So find a calendar, whether it's a desk calendar, a teacher planner, um, something digital, it doesn't matter, but find a calendar that you like and start marking it with upcoming days off from school. If you have appointments that you know about that you're going to need to take off for, the due dates of IEPs, the due dates of evaluations, other important dates that might be coming up, whether it's school-oriented personally, specific to your students, your assistants, just put everything on a calendar. For me, there is no way I'm going to remember all of the things. If one of my um, assistants says, hey, I'm going to have to come in late on this day for a doctor's appointment, I might remember it when she doesn't show up that day. Like, oh yeah, she told me about that. But I always write it on my calendar. That way, when they're not there in the morning, I know. Or if I'm scheduling a meeting, I don't plan a meeting for a time when I know my assistant isn't going to be there and therefore she wouldn't be able to cover the general education teacher's classroom. So put it all on the calendar, get something that you like, something that works for you. It doesn't have to be what I use, but find something. For me, it's a desk calendar. I don't want it too big. I don't want it too small. I have just the right size and that's what I want to use. That is kind of my hub. That's where I keep everything. And so part of being organized is having the right tools in place to kind of work smarter and not harder. The next thing that I feel is critical for organization is having two separate workspaces, okay? Now, maybe you're in a tiny closet because you teach special education and that's where we get stuck sometimes, but if you have the space or can make some space, I want you to make a space for your work for all of the paperwork, all of the time where you are not in front of students. And I want you to have a space for your small groups because in my mind, two very different things happen there. And so when teachers talk about ditching their desks, that's all well and good. And if you can do it, more power to you, but I can't because I need a place for my paperwork. I need a place for files. I need a place for this clipboard or that binder or this or that. 
I can't have that going on at my small group table. That doesn't work for me. So if it works for you, that's fine. I'm not criticizing. But I do want you to be mindful of where are you going to work, where you can have the supplies and the materials and the files that you need for working, and where are you going to have your small group space. Now, if you are a self-contained special ed teacher, or maybe you're in a different setting and are still listening to this podcast, that's fine. But as a resource room teacher, I have small groups all day. I need a place for them. I need a space where I'm working on paperwork. Those are the two big pieces of my job. So I need a space for each of those. I also think you need a place for storing copies. I talk all the time about working weeks and weeks ahead whether it's my reading series, my math series, my spelling series, my reading test for gen ed, my math test for gen ed, all of those things are done weeks and weeks in advance. And I can't do that, I can't be organized and on top of it if I don't even have a place to store all of those copies. So for my spelling, I have some magazine files that fit underneath my window seal and I keep those there. For my reading test, those go in the same spot, just a different shelf. And then for all of my reading and math series material, I have um, some old mailboxes from our office that I put all of those things in. And so for me, I have a place to work ahead. I have a place to kind of get myself organized so that whenever I am weeks ahead, it's not just sitting around my room. I used to work with a teacher and she copied so far in advance and the system worked for her, but my brain just could not. She literally had stacks and stacks and stacks of papers and she always knew where it was. But for me, I can't do that. So have a place besides your back counter where you just have stacks and stacks of papers. Make sure you know where are you gonna put spelling when you copy it weeks in advance? Where are you gonna put reading tests that you do weeks in advance? Maybe your brain doesn't work weeks in advance and so you don't need a place to store all those. However, I really do think that that's kind of the secret sauce to feeling like you're not always the last minute, feeling like you're not working day to day or week to week um, because you're ready in advance. So for me, I like to have a place where I can keep all of those copies for whenever I might need them. I also think as far as organization goes, you need a place for materials for your small groups. So this has really changed for me over the years. I used to have a little basket for every single group. And so if I needed the same material for different groups, I would literally prep it twice. That way it could be in the basket. It made it a lot easier to write sub plans because I could say, get this basket, do these activities. The kids know what to do. Everything's in the basket. And so that worked for a long time. However, I got tired of prepping some of the same things. I didn't feel like I was really working smarter. I was just working harder. And then when I started using my reading series, I went more to folders. And so every single group has a folder. And then I do have a basket or like a little uh, shower caddy with all of the other things that I might need, like my foam dice, my spinners, bingo daubers, things like that, that I use for some of my math interventions. Um, so for me, I have a folder for every group where it holds their books or whatever reading tests or papers or things that we might need. And then I just have one basket with some of the other odds and ends that I might need to make what's inside the folder effective. So 
I don't want to tell you exactly what to do for organization. Every person is different. I preferred baskets for a long time, switched over to folders, and I'm happy with that. But as we change or my systems change or my personal preferences, everybody's going to want something different. So I'm giving you more things to consider. What do you want to do so that when it's time for this small group, you have everything you need? When the next group comes in, you have everything you need for them. And the next and the next, what do you need? Is that a basket? Is it a folder? Is it a binder? Is it a tub? What does that look like? So find something to organize your small group materials. So while the first section was all about like, you need to consider this, and I'll give you a suggestion. I'll tell you what I do, but kind of think about this. The next section I'm titling things that will need a home. Okay, so part of being organized is everything has a place. Everything has a home. When it's not in use or when you need it, you know right where to go. So again, I'll tell you what needs a home and I'll tell you how I give it a home, but you might want to tweak it to be a little bit differently to fit your space or your students or your style or what you already have. So the first thing on my list is assessments. I think that you need to have some ready to go assessments. I keep mine on a clipboard. And so in a moment's notice, if I have a new student or if a teacher says, you know, Amanda, there's just something with this student and I don't know how to help them. I don't know, I've tried and tried. Could you just take a look at them and see what you think? I have this clipboard with assessments and they're blank, they're copied ahead of time, they're ready to go. And I can usually then sit out in the hallway and in five minutes or less start to kind of pinpoint, okay, maybe we could work on this. Maybe they'd fit really well with this group. They could do this intervention and it would be perfect for their weaknesses. Like I could get a good snapshot in maybe five minutes or so. So have something, I don't care what it is or what you prefer, but have some assessments that are ready to go so that whenever you need them, they're right there. Now, to piggyback off of that, I also think you need a place for once you have assessed that student, a place to put that assessment. So for me, again, this is my preference, I have a clipboard where I keep all of those assessments. And so maybe in October, a teacher is like, Amanda, could you look at this kid? And I look at that kid and I think, oh, whoa, we need to do something about this. Well, that doesn't happen overnight. I put that assessment on that clipboard and then maybe three months later when we're ready to maybe talk to a parent or we've been through the RTI process or maybe we go straight to an evaluation or whatever that process looks like, I know right where that assessment is and maybe I reassess them to see what progress we have made. Um, but I, I know right where that is. Let's say I am evaluating five students and they're all due in the next couple of weeks. I take my clipboard, I go do my assessments, and then afterwards I put them on that same clipboard so that then when it's time for me to write their IEP or write any reports for their evaluation, I know right where that assessment is because it's, it goes on that clipboard. Maybe the clipboard isn't quite your style and instead of putting everybody's assessments onto one clipboard, maybe you want to start a file folder for that particular student. 
Um, at our school for RTI, we have what we call purple folders. And so it is literally just a purple folder and it goes in their permanent record at the end of the year so that then the next teacher can be like, oh, this was a purple folder kid. So maybe some of that information that I just collected, maybe it doesn't go on my assessment clipboard. Maybe it goes in their purple folder that the gen ed teacher keeps. Maybe I put it in their permanent record. That doesn't matter as long as you know where it's at and you could access it whenever you need it. To piggyback off of that, I want you to have a process or a, a home for all of your RTI paperwork and all of that data. So again, maybe that's the purple folder that I was talking about that the gen ed teacher keeps. Maybe you start a file folder for that particular student. For me, I have a clipboard where I just keep track of all of my RTI students. There's a list down the left-hand column. I add students to the list, and then I keep track of their data there. I keep track of kind of where we are in the process. Um, I could add notes sometimes. Like if I had something, I just might clip it to the clipboard, not that it has to be on the checklist, but I have a list of students. I have the dates that we're checking in with them. I put the data there's a home for that. So if, say, at the beginning of this school year, a teacher comes to me and says, hey, did so-and-so ever mention this student to you? I could look at my RTI checklist and I'm like, mm, nope, never heard of him. Or I could say, yes, oh man, we talked about him in RTI all year long. If you're seeing the same things, I think it's time that we do something. So I just have a place where I can keep all of that. And I never throw those away either. I just keep adding to it. And so even I have had before teachers come to me and say, hey, have you ever talked about so-and-so? There's not a purple folder, but like, I'm really concerned. And I might say, you know, first grade didn't say anything, but ooh, the kindergarten teacher was really worried. Or I might say, you know what? Second grade didn't say a word, but whoever they had in first grade was really concerned. So I have all of that. It's all in one place. And again, if you're getting a, a clue into my world here, it's on a clipboard and I know exactly where it's at. And I can add things to the clipboard if I need to. I can add things to my checklist, but I have a place for all of that. If I'm going to an RTI meeting, whether about a specific student or the committee, I take the RTI clipboard. It's easy. I know right where it's at and I know right what to do um, when it's time for that meeting. Similarly, I have a clipboard for evaluations. And so with my evaluations, I have a checklist where, again, it's on a clipboard and I can see where are we in that process. If I have, say, a parent write a note saying that they want their child to be tested, where am I going to go with that? until I submit that. Well, it goes on the evaluation clipboard. While then I'm waiting on a parent, uh, social and developmental history, the teacher packet, everything for evaluations goes on the evaluation clipboard. I check off, okay, I've got social and developmental history. Okay, I've got a signature for this. Okay, they filled out checklists for that. And so I have a home for all of my evaluation paperwork. And then I check in with that every single Monday. That way I know Okay, with this student, I have bugged this parent every single Monday all year long and they have never returned the paperwork that they were supposed to. Or I've given this classroom teacher three copies of their um, packet and they've never done it. It's time for me to just do it myself, wherever we stand in that. So look at all of the evaluation information and paperwork that you might have. 
Again, maybe it's a binder, maybe it's a folder for each student, maybe it's a clipboard. It doesn't matter, but it needs to have a home because when you start getting assessments for, uh, about your students that you've collected, evaluation paperwork, RTI paperwork, your own IEPs, the day-to-day -day paperwork, like you're going to get overwhelmed very, very quickly. So have a place for all of that paperwork going in and out, a place for it to go to. Evaluations come with a lot of paperwork. Um, for me, I have a lot of things that parents fill out, that classroom teachers fill out, that we fill out during a meeting, that we fill out after a meeting. And that's just kind of par for the course. I don't feel like it's unnecessary. I feel like all of it is needed. And sometimes for um, a student being evaluated for a specific learning disability, we might have different things than if we were evaluating for an emotional disability. So I like to have all of those checklists, social and developmental histories, teacher packets for referrals, all of those things. I like to make all of those copies at the beginning of the year and I have file folders in my hanging file drawer ready to go. So if I'm going into a meeting where, oh, maybe we're gonna mention this to a parent or um, maybe we are having that hard conversation where we wanna see um, how a parent feels, maybe I get a letter requesting testing, whatever that looks like, the papers are already copied. I pull them out of the drawer and can hand them to the parent or to the teacher, whatever is needed. If I'm getting ready for an initial conference and I know what their disability categories that we're evaluating for are, I can pull out those checklists, drop them in the file. Um, papers for a functional behavior assessment. I have all of those already made. So take a look at what the evaluation process looks like. What forms are you going to need? And make several copies of them ahead of time and put them in various files. That way you just have them at a moment's notice. I know exactly where they are. If I was going to be out for a while and I needed to tell someone, I could tell you exactly where those were in my room so that they could pull those out. So I recommend making those copies ahead of time. And for me, I keep them in my uh, drawer with all of my other student files and they're just a hanging file folder labeled checklist, rating scales, uh, social and developmental history, teacher packet, all of those things, uh, functional behavior assessment, so that I know right where they are and we can pull those out quickly and easily. Another random thing that you might need a home for, maybe this is just me, I don't know. Um, I have a special file just for random doctor's notes or things from hospitals or outside evaluations because I get a lot of those and a copy is usually put in their permanent record and then somebody, which I appreciate, will also give to me so that then they can kind of be on my radar. But then sometimes I talk to the classroom teacher and they're like, she's fine. I don't think she needs special education and help or support, but I don't want to just toss that. I want to keep it so that then if later in the year, the teacher's like, you know what, I was really wrong about that as we've tried harder material or as I'm seeing the other kids mature and she's not or, or whatever. So I always have a place for that. The file does not have much in it, but at least then I know there's a place for it. If somebody says, hey, remember I forwarded that to you or hey, remember I put that in your mailbox, I know where to check and say, oh, yep, I've still got that, we're ready to proceed, or let's do something about that now, or if a parent would wanna have a meeting, whatever the case might be, I know where that goes. So I like to have a home for just all of those random doctors or hospital notes, outside evaluations, things that don't require attention now, 
but I don't want to get caught without it either. I also like to have a home for all of the copies that I make in advance. And I'm going to keep this one short because I know I've talked about it many times, but I don't want to leave it out either. I like to have copies of all of my reading tests, math tests, reading, spelling, math, everything for my groups. I like to have all that copied in advance. Usually I do about 10 weeks at a time and then I can kind of rest easy knowing, okay, that's all done and I'm good for the next 10 weeks and then I'll go spend an hour or so in the copier uh, 10 weeks later and I'm good for the next 10 weeks. So I like to have a home for that. Where am I going to put spelling once I'm done with it? Where am I going to put reading once I'm done for it or done copying it? So I like to have a home for that. Kind of similarly, I also have binders for all of those originals. So even with my binders for like the reading and the math test for our grade levels, my teachers that I work with know I have those and they'll come steal them every now and again. Like, oh my gosh, why would I accommodate this reading test and you accommodate this reading test? So we, I teach at a school with a high EL population. So a lot of our EL students also take an accommodated test. Um, and a lot of times those go hand in hand. What I did for my special ed students is perfect for them as well. So um, a lot of teachers use those too. So I keep those in binders. I know where they are. Other teachers know where they are. And anybody is welcome to grab those whenever they want. So have a place for the copies once they're made, but also have a place for your originals so that every year you're not like, oh, where did I put that reading test? I know I accommodated that last year. Where did I put that? Um, some people, instead of having a binder with like, here's all of second, all of third, maybe they use a file folder with all the materials for week one, all the materials for week two, all the materials for week three. That's fine, whatever your preference is, but have a home for that. Where are you going to put that so that all the work you're doing this year with say a new reading series, you have a place to go with it or you can know where to get it the next year. The last two are having a place for progress monitoring data and having a place for your IEPs. So I'm gonna start with IEPs. Um, obviously we know that that's a big part of our job and we need to have a place for that. For me, I have kept them in two spots kind of over my career. Um, initially, I just kept them in my student file. Every single student file had a copy of their IEP, which is fine, but those are my records, not their permanent record, which also has a copy of their IEP. I like to pull their IEPs out of that file and put them in a binder because then I can pull that binder out and reference it as needed. So if we're trying to see what accommodations a student gets or what they don't get, I don't want to go into the computer system and pull this, pull that, pull this kid, pull that kid, pull this one, see what accommodations. I like to just flip through the binder and be like, yep, yep, he gets this, he gets that. It's all right there. I like to do that with making schedules as well. That way I can see, okay, this kid gets 30 minutes, this kid gets 45 minutes, this one has push-in support, this one doesn't, and I can just quickly see at a glance what they get instead of having to open up a computer file or go to um, this file and look at this student, pull out this file, look at this student, pull out this file, look at that one. Um, oftentimes we might meet in the conference room to talk about things like that. So I can just take the binder with me and I literally have everyone right there. So whether you put yours in a binder or they're all in file folders labeled for each student, that's fine, but have a place for all of your IEPs so that again, they have a home. If you need them later, you know right where to look. For progress monitoring, I have a clipboard for that. 
So for me, you know, I think I've said clipboard like 15 times in this episode. Um, I have for all of my progress monitoring data, a clipboard and I have a little tracking sheet with all my students on it and what all of their goals are. And then as I collect data in the group, I can jot down, oh, he knew eight words. Oh, he solved seven math facts. Oh, he read 32 words per minute, whatever it is, I can just throw it on that clipboard and the data is right there. So it just gives me a home, it gives me a place. If we do a math page together and it had 10 problems and that is exactly what their goal is and I say, oh, I'm gonna use this for progress monitoring. I'll put it on the clipboard so that I can grade it later. I may not grade it right in that moment or record the data right at that very moment, but it gives me a place to put all of those papers. That way the progress monitoring data is separate from an assessment that I did for an initial or a move in or something like that. So I just like to have a place where I can put all of that progress monitoring data. Shoo, that's a lot. That's a lot of things that you might need to do to get organized or things to think about. If you are somebody who has been a resource room teacher or even just a general education teacher, chances are you already have some of these things in place. So I don't want you to think, oh my gosh, I have to organize this, organize that, think about this, think about that. Like you probably have some of these things in place, but chances are there are a couple of things that you could work to improve. And so that's what I want you to work on. Think of what is the biggest thing after listening to this episode that you're like, oh man, I've got to get better at whatever. That being said, in next week's episode, we will be talking about how to plan for and how to get organized with RTI. So I will see you next week, my friend. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.